Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. finale of strange new worlds the future of the alpha quadrant balances on the terror of pike's foreseen future as we revisit a classic tos episode with a twist and who's that commanding the farragut is that captain kirk is this musical captain's chairs what is going on as we engage the romulans on the edge of the neutral zone wasn't it awesome that the music was like the romulan theme bum 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 that's what i was like wait is this (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) thanks for joining us on discovering trek the star trek universe companion presented by fansets this week's episode a quality of mercy was written by henry alonzo myers and akiba goldsmith and directed by Chris Fisher. We see a glimpse into the TOS timeline with more familiar characters, but somewhat out of place as Captain Pike has found a way to avoid the horrible fate shown to him by the Klingons and retain his command. But perhaps he's the wrong person at the right time, where altering the future leads to a confrontation that will throw the Quadrant into war. If you would like to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek or on Facebook you can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Answer a few simple questions and our admins, Haley, Jackie, Fark, will let you in. A reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Strange New Worlds episode, A Quality of Mercy, William Shakespeare. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode, head on back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. Speaking of heading on back, I'm Mike Bovia, and I'm here again. Welcome Woo-hoo! back, Mike. Thank you. It was a much needed rest and recovery. Uh, but when the two of you threw out the offer to come back for this episode, there was no way I could pass it up because, man, what an episode this <laughs> this turned out to be. So, hello, Yvette. Hello, Matthew. Hello. 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 So much, so much fun to be back together again. Well, thank you for making the time to join us. We appreciate yes. that. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. We missed you. Thank you. It's nice to be missed. <laughs> but I understand you've been tuning into the episode, so thank you for that as well. Yes, we definitely appreciate that too. I can't back down from that. I gotta hear what the analysis was. Did we do analysis? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta hear what your thoughts were. How there about you go. That? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of a throwing back to the originals, we got this episode. What do people think? Mike, you've been gone, so you get to start off. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What what did you love about this one? Oh my God, I loved like everything about this episode. Since we got the screener, I had been messaging back and forth with with Bill Smith and just saying, man, you know, could they have done something better than this as a finale where they have a nice 
story that gets wrapped up at the end, but we still get a cliffhanger going into next season. They brought back so many things that everybody who loves TOS era Star Trek got and could appreciate and didn't do it so tacky where it only came off as fan service too. Uh, it, it was like almost the perfect meshing of how to do fan service without doing fan service, making people happy without making it look stupid. This episode may have, at least at this point, cemented Strange New Worlds as my favorite Trek series. Whoa. Wow. I've heard that a lot today. That's huge. A favorite of all of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's like, that's an award in and of itself. It yeah. is. That. What do you, what, how did this one strike you? Well, <laughs> I didn't hate it. Okay, all right. It, it had a lot to live up to. Balance of Terror is when I rank Star Trek episodes, TOS, it is number one. You know, I, I, it took me a while to like, are, is this really Balance of Terror? And I was like looking at it and I was like, they're really doing this. So, I mean, it was done well. I, I thought it was really done well. Like Mike said, it had a great story. You know, we got to see Kirk, got to see the Romulans. Those Romulans reminded me of um, Galaxy Quest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked at the door, I was like, what is this? And then, you know, it, it had a cliffhanger at the end. So I, I, I won't say it was my, I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was good. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of convoluted in a way because I, it just, I don't know. I don't know what to tell I, I love Balance of Terror. I just love that episode. And to play with it like that, I, I don't know. It was kind of sacrilege to me. I mean, I, I guess if I watch it again, maybe I'll feel a little better. I, like I said, it's not my not my favorite, not my worst. You know, there's, there's, there's a, another episode I would say I don't like, and it's not, I wouldn't say that about this episode. What I really appreciated about it, because I, I'm with you, Balance of Terror is probably my number one. It's kind of a toss-up between that and Aaron to Mercy. I liked that this was done from the point of view of this is how balance of terror would happen if Pike was in command and why it was necessary for the balance of terror that we love to actually happen. I saw it, Mike. I got that too. It's just that I didn't, I don't know. I I've heard other people say they really love this and Mm -hmm. I just didn't get that from this. I mean, I, like I said, it's a, it's a good one. And I think, you know, I will probably watch it again, but I just don't feel over exuberant about it. I think it's it was good. Last week, last week was my favorite. Oh, but okay. This good. week, you know, yeah, it's all right. It was good. That's it. That's all I got for you. It's not these are the voyages. <laughs> I like that one better than most people do. I'm just gonna say that I have a soft place for that one. I I do too. I do. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about this episode too. Mike, I appreciate what you just said as well. Like the fact that they managed to pull off an episode that has an ending, but still is a cliffhanger. I hadn't thought of it like that. And that, that is quite smart. I love the parallels that they made between both episodes and the ways that, and Mike, you'd mentioned this as we were just talking before we got started, how they even like matched shots, like the angles in a similar way. You having Kirk walk around that front panel and kind of tap it the way that he does. And Pike does kind of the same thing. And and that zoom in on Spock when we find that the Romulans are being revealed and like the eyebrow go up and all that. All those were great. All that stuff was great. They definitely, there was a lot of love shown to that other episode. But I felt like to make the story work, 
there were a couple places where it felt a, a wee bit forced. Like Ortegas felt totally out of character. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oof, that was bad. That was real bad. Yeah, it felt really strange. I was like, why are why is she behaving this way? Maybe there's something happens in the seven years between that we don't know about. Right. So there could be something there, but I felt like they just had to make her fit into that Mr. Styles position where where that person was being confrontational, confrontational and. There was an element of that story then that kind of gets lost here and that Balance of Terror was actually, in a way, it was a story about bigotry and about yeah. mm-hmm. and about prejudice. And that yes. story gets lost in this version of it, even though it was core to yeah. that last one. I don't know if, if that story was as much about war as, as, as it was more about that kind of internal story about, mm-hmm. about right. prejudice as well. But okay, we'll let that go for a second because <laughs> we're trying to get this other start, this other part here. Another thing was, I felt like Kirk was so surprised in a way by Pike's wanting to reach out in peace yeah yeah that didn't fit with me either because kirk really wanted to be peaceful as well like in fact i went back Mm -hmm. i did i crammed at 150 or 1.5 speed on netflix right before we watched this like like, oh my god i'm like i need to watch balance (laughs) of terror beforehand because i want to be fair to it so i had like i'm eating pizza after work and i watched it in half an hour and okay i'm like gonna jump in but uh when mr styles he talks about how his ancestors like fought in the first romulan war and Kirk, kirk what does kirk say to him he's like their war not ours. their war not yours right? mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i think sometimes kirk gets played too much as like in retrospect we think of him as being this like fighter warmonger and everything yeah right. i'm right. a soldier not a diplomat yep. yeah he totally was a diplomat and he mm-hmm. totally is he has a lot yeah. of diplomatic qualities so i felt like this yep. version of kirk wasn't fair enough to to pike wanting to reach out and and it's right. just and and to to be talkative and and i liked that he did that what i will yeah. say about the episode i loved that it the end point of it is a difference between the relationships of the of the two empires the federation of the romulans but they get to the same part personally between pike and that one romulan commander as kirk does with the romulan commander he's like in another time we could have been friends yeah right and, yeah. and they still are because that romulan commander has also tired of war and conflict and everything else i don't know how i feel and i was going to ask you too about this what is the message of this? Is it telling us that peace is not a good idea sometimes? Like, what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was good, but it's something about it that just, I just did not, like I said, it seemed very convoluted to me. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like they were trying to make this work. And as a Star Trek fan and as one who loves that episode, I just didn't, it didn't work. I mean, when they did Trials and Tribulations and they put, piece that together that was magic you know yeah. it just worked perfectly and i love the just everything about the production of that of that episode is just like epic right uh, yeah because it was in 1996 exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly and this yeah. did not work the same for me okay. you know i understand mm-hmm. what people are saying i mean there was a lot of great Stuff in the monster maroon looked great. Oh, the God, leather yeah. sleeves, you know, there was so much. Like I say about so so, like I say about Picard, a lot of shiny objects, you know. Mm. So we were all looking at, oh, that looks great. Oh yeah, I love that. Oh, Kirk is here, you know. It was that kind of thing for me again. I just don't think the story did justice to the original. I will say this: I'm kind of upset Kirk got shoehorned into this episode. I feel like the same story could have been told with any captain on the Farragut because 
the point wasn't that Kirk was there and wasn't allowed to take control. Yes. The point was that Pike was still alive and still in command. And this is the decision that he would make. And it would have changed the balance of the galaxy. There was no need for Kirk at all. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. There. yeah. He didn't. You know, we knew he was going to be there for season two. Shiny objects. Shiny objects. Right. Which now <laughs> is interesting. Like we've seen him re revealed here and he's captain of the Farragut. So next season, is he a lieutenant again? Well, yeah, he would be because it's seven years. Yeah, it, it was seven years ahead. So we would see a younger, right, a younger Kirk again. Yeah, I wasn't sure how I felt about this portrayal of Kirk. I did like that in the scenes between them when they do have disagreements that it's still like a healthy conflict. It's not one of them mm -hmm. yelling like, you should not be in command. Right. And I'm, yep. I'm going to relieve you. And it's yeah. all of them like, why did you make this decision? And they're able to talk it through oh, yeah. and have this healthy respect for each other. And, and I appreciated that. I thought almost in a way they were going to do something more like, and this might happen in season two, I'm guessing, when if Kirk shows up again, because we've skipped forward in time, we haven't had an opportunity maybe for, for Pike at some point, maybe to fall into a mentorship role for Kirk? Like, will that mm -hmm. happen at some point? Yeah, I don't that's know. That's what I'm wondering too, yeah. I'm going to poke fun a little bit. This is not like a major critique, but it was something that was in my head. So Paul Wesley, who plays this new Captain Kirk, <laughs> did anyone ever see, there is this old, uh, like this comedy series. I've not watched a lot of it, to be honest. It's called In Living oh, Colors. Yes. <laughs> they had a sketch where Jim Carrey comes on and plays Captain Kirk. And Jim Carrey's look as Captain <laughs> Kirk looks almost exactly the same as Paul Wesley. That is I, brilliant. It is yes, true. it is. It is true. It he is true. I the wrath, of, the wrath of Farrakhan. The wrath of Farrakhan. <laughs> he looks almost just like well, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I can't get oh, the oh idea. I'm gonna watch what? that the minute we're done. Yeah, I have to press it out of my head because it like totally biased my introduction oh, of this my poor God. actor. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> Let me say this too: gigantic missed opportunity. The Romulan commander should have been played by James Frain, who played Sarek in Discovery. Oh, yes. So, yes, you're absolutely right, because I was expecting that. Yep. When I heard the music, I said, oh, oh, this is this is what I think it is. And mm -hmm. then the Galaxy Quest guy came on and I'm yeah, like, yeah. wait. Where's Spock? I mean, where's Sarek? It's yeah, yeah. supposed to be Sarek, you know, because we have a Sarek. It's mm -hmm. not like we don't have one, you know. Right. Had Mark Leonard played Sarek yet at this point? No. No, he hadn't. So not whereas yet. as uh James Frain already has played Sarek. So that mm -hmm. would have been a bit weird, I guess, that you although I would have still appreciated why they did no, it. No, I mean yeah, yeah. I think it would have been perfect. Like like Mike said, it was that was a missed opportunity right yeah. there. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I'm guessing he must have had other commitments because I'm sure that thought went through the producers' minds, but yeah. But damn, the Galaxy Quest guy though. I know, I know. And, and you know, I was having a hard time putting my finger on it the first time I watched it. I was like, he he looks familiar, but I looked at the name. I'm like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, why does he look so familiar? And then today when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, it's Galaxy Quest. That's why he looks familiar. He, he They've made him up to look like Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Even the, the black uniforms and stuff are, are like- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if they were going to have like maybe Mabenga drop the the McCoy line, the one about the, the how many million, the mathematical probability of how right. many planets. It's, I love that quote from Balance of Terror. It's good. Where he's like, there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth type planets and in all the universe, three 
million million galaxies like this and all of that perhaps more only one of each of us says and i'm like that's such a cool quote don't destroy the one named kirk don't destroy the one named kirk (laughs) you know and then by extension mccoy saying don't kill me either that's yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) and another uh great little bobble little shiny bobble was uh the voice of scotty yep which i thought was really good yeah and i mean i haven't i haven't had the opportunity to listen to your evaluation of episode nine yet but um you know i am kind of wondering if that's the direction that they're gonna go yeah i think everybody is there because and and, you know justifiably so i will say because and i'm sure you remember this event in the novels Mm -hmm. scotty's a junior engineer on pike's enterprise yes so It makes sense that he would be there. That that's that's my head canon because that's yep. all I've ever known because all the novels say mm-hmm. that. So because someone asked me that, you're like, was Pike was uh Scotty on Pike's Enterprise? And I went, Yes. Yep. And then I thought about like, well, wait. In the in the books, yeah. <laughs> in the books, yes. That <laughs> <laughs> last night canon. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, there's been a lot of uh beta canon going on here. And I'm so, here for it. I love I'm that stuff. I'm here for all of it. That's cool. I didn't know that. So thank you for that. Tidbit. You're welcome. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there are very few that carried over. Yes. Very few. But Scotty was one of them. And, and I do remember Uhura wasn't in the beginning of when they were doing Pike stories, mm-hmm. but toward the newer stuff that had come out the she most recent, it. she was in it. Mm-hmm. I think at that point she might have even been an ensign, not a cadet. So yeah, I believe she's gonna probably be an ensign next year anyway. Yeah, I think next so. Next season. Yeah. The thing I think that got me the most about this episode was the resolution at the end talking about Spock, the two pikes. And you know, I didn't and I'm sure everyone else did. I'm just dense. I didn't pick up on it right away that you know, not only is it the exchange. Spock has to take Pike's place, but the fact that this really can shape how you look at the menagerie now. Exactly. And I love that because I love the menagerie. Yep. (laughs) But I love that this kind of feeds into why would Spock do that? Yes, he's loyal. Why would he risk his life just to bring his captain to a planet where he can live out a life? I thought it was nice how they played that up here. The moment between them was very sweet. I'm so glad to see you. He's like, Captain, you only saw me a moment ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I want you to know you're very important to me. He's like, and to you, and you to me too, Captain. And then he's like, Chris. And he said that uh, he said that in Discovery too, when they finally saw him. Mm. He, they made they had that same kind of conversation in Discovery too. And in a way, the episode throws all the way forward to TNG. Yeah. Yes. When old Pike and young Pike are talking to each other, he's like, the hope for reconciliation we have between the Vulcans and, and the Romulans, everything is now laying in a in a sick bay, maybe dead, because we know that that's the role that Spock goes on to play in, in, in um, uh, Reunion. Reconciliation? Reunion. Reunion. Redem- um, no. Redemption. Um, dem- no. No, Re- reu- reunification. Yes, thank you. What are those words? There's too many. Wow. There's too many re's in the Star Trek universe. Oh my gosh! Yeah. We, you know, we all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it goes farther than that. I mean, it goes all the way to uh, the 32nd century when Navarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no Navarre without Spock. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, he has to live. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's no Kelvin universe without Spock. Yeah. He is the one, you know. Yeah. So 
yeah, he's got to live. So I, the reason why I don't give it a thumbs down is because of that part. Yeah. That's why I said there was no need to bring Kirk in because it wasn't about mm. Kirk. It was about right. Spock. And these writers do this where, you know, it's shiny, shiny bobbles. So you can be like, oh, fan service. Oh, look who's this. And you forget about the, the story. That part of the story was really good. Yeah, I thought that was perfect. The part at the end with the cliffhanger, I hated it. Okay, so I'm sick and tired of seeing women. I used to say black women, but now they've done it to Una also. I'm tired of seeing women get led off, the powerful women get led off in chains. And this this is not good. I mean, I'm sure people just... Some people are like, oh, it's just storyline. But yeah, but it's it was in Discovery. It was in Lower Decks. And now it's here. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. I, I know it's part of storyline and it happens, but let's think of something else to do. I wanted to see some scenes where she's in the captain's chair, like doing Me too. stuff with Me Pike too. sort of out of the way for a while. And- Me too. Because we saw some of that in Discovery. We sure did. Yeah, you're right. I thought we would see more of that. And then we got this cliffhanger with her. I'm like, wait, what? You know, I mean, the reason why I wanted to watch this show was because of her. Number one was the reason why I wanted to see Strange New Worlds. And then I found out there was going to be, you know, a horror. And I was like, yeah, perfect. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to see it because of her. And like you said, we didn't get I didn't get anything I thought I was going to get. And then you lead her then. And at the end. You know, she's going to jail. I'm like, come on. You That's know, how the I show started. It started with her in jail as well. Right. You're right. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> You're right. Jeez. Yeah. It just bookended her. Beginning of the Ugh. season, she's in jail. End of the season, she's still in jail. It's like, okay, she's back on. in there. I know. So, yeah. So, I, I don't want to see any more of that. Let's, yeah. let's move on. And, you know, I thought it was over with, too, with Ghosts of Illyria. Pike said, hey, you know what? I don't care who you are, what you are. You're the best of us. And she felt guilty. And she had that monologue, too, where, you know, she said, would I be getting this credit if I wasn't the hero? Right. And I feel like Pike would, but maybe not everybody else. He's extremely loyal to everybody, it seems like, unless they give him a reason not to be. Boy Scout. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Boy Scout. Forgot about that. Yeah. Don't call me that. Like, sir, it's in your file. Yeah. <laughs> he saw his, his face. He was like, <laughs> what? Library computer. Data being received. We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Fansets merchandise, as we know, is the leader in pin collectibles for Star Trek. But they offer more than that. In addition to Star Trek, you can find pins for The Big Bang Theory, Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using code TREKGEEKS, all capital letters, at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders over $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Awards, medals, where are they going? Mike, we'll start off with you. 
now that the two of you have crushed my dreams over this episode. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I see where you're going with the writing side of things, Vep. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give an award on the writing to one of the writers, and that's Henry Alonzo Myers, because he has been involved in a number of these episodes throughout the season where we don't get like you said the shiny object to divert our attention if it was just the monster maroon great that's not diverting but i think i think he attempted to tell a story in a certain way i believe he achieved what he was going for to a degree who knows whose idea it was to have kirk in there um, so I can't say that's him or Akiva, but, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I felt pattern Kirk, in practice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt, I felt Kirk was shoehorned in there, so I can't give any credit for that. But, you know, other than that, I did like the different look on balance of terror. And then, as I said, the different way for us to consider the menagerie based off of this as well. I think Paul Wesley did a pretty good job of being a Kirk because and it's hard because I think everyone's thought process is to do a Shatner impersonation yes and I think that's why people liked Chris Pine so much because he didn't do that he did his own thing it it was a little bit of a sample size but I didn't mind how he portrayed Kirk in this I got to see more to know if I'm gonna like it but it didn't bother me, we'll say, how he played the role in this. So I'll give him an award for that. It's a participation trophy. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yvette, what are, you th- what are you thinking? So I didn't have any awards until I just heard Mike, and I am going to give Paul Wesley a participation medal because I he was okay as Kirk. He didn't bother me. I didn't mm-hmm. feel bad about him. I mean... It was okay. I, I believe she was Kirk. You know, it was cool. I don't have any award for this one. Nope. Okay, that's that's fair. That's allowed. That's okay. I got two. So one, I was going to throw it out to the writing team. I know that I had my issues with how this episode was constructed, but I think it was a neat idea. And if they had to find something to talk about, like what would be the actual ramifications of having Pike maintain command? And we had to think about where they might diverge in their thinking, then this is kind of a neat idea. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I would not have thought of that. So that's, I think that's pretty cool. And so I, I like the idea behind it. I've done this a couple times, so it might feel like cheating. I'm going to go with VFX again on this episode. When I was watching, especially that, that one scene where they're going through the comet together with both ships. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I've got desktop screen captures right here. I'm like, I'm trying to get the photos <laughs> of the ship in the comet. And I'm like, I got to throw that on my screen. It's super cool. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, it looked really <laughs> neat. Um, and a couple times in watching the episodes, I'm like, oh, pause screen capture. I want oh. your desktop image. Because uh, they just, they look really cool. And I was like, hey, if I was in space and I was flying around, I'd want to fly my spaceship through the tail of a comet. That would be pretty cool. You know what? I think I want to give a third award as I'm thinking about it here. (laughs) And I think the reason why it didn't show up on my radar right away, and now it just is, is because she has one scene and one set of lines in the whole show. And that's Jess Bush's chapel. Christine. (sighs) 
it was heartbreaking when i had originally watched it i was focusing on what she was saying because it matched up with what pike's injuries were yes Mm -hmm. but then i started to think about it i'm like well she is just devastated by this and you wonder what the long-term effects would be on her yeah Uh, but she played it so well i thought especially after having just re-watched uh spock amok with my family and seeing that um relationship first begin to surface great job to her she definitely brought that seat together Mm -hmm. yeah Hey, I was wondering, do we want to give um, any awards out for the season since this is the finale? Well, obviously, I have something since I brought it. <laughs> you can leave. You can leave with that if you want. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. The reason why I brought it up is because I always think about the first seasons of Star Trek shows, and you know, people will always say, "Oh, but don't start until this season, or don't start until that mm-hmm. season." And I'm famous for going, "Oh no, <laughs> you start." <laughs> At episode one, just mm-hmm. like the rest of us, yeah, <laughs> uh, you go through what we had to go through because it makes you enjoy. It makes you it's like a fine wine, mm-hmm. you know. It makes you enjoy a lot more. Like, oh, it came from this, and then the, you know the last. Well, maybe not Enterprise, but the last episode is like, oh, this was great, you know, perfect. Every uh, series has a really terrible first season, except for Lower Decks. Lower Decks, mm-hmm. I think, had the best first season i've ever seen in trek until strange new worlds i even Mm -hmm. though i didn't really care for this episode like i said i did not hate it i don't think i've hated one episode or disliked yeah there are episodes in ds9 i dislike which is crazy right uh but i don't think i've disliked the episode yet so i want to give an award for the best first season of any trek series ever the stranger worlds all right nice wow well that that is a that is a hard-earned award so i think I, I think it's deserving for sure <laughs> yes it, yeah vet is a tough critic and to say that <laughs> <laughs> i take my trick very seriously i can appreciate your viewpoint on that so much more uh, considering the dialogue we had had before we even started this about yeah. how how much we could not wait for this like we had been waiting since the cage for this yep. so yeah for for them to put something out there and then i mean you're right they delivered right you know yeah. maybe we didn't like all the concepts of an episode maybe we didn't like the direction that they might have gone in in certain things but i agree like there wasn't any I would sit down and rewatch this whole season. No reservations. No reservations. Right. I, I wonder if we can distill the quality down in, in a season like this, because it's, it's so many fewer episodes as well. Like, you know, you're, you've got oh, that's a 10, true. That's like a 10 episode, true. like you were mentioning Yvette, that there's there in the first season of DS nine, there definitely are, are some like <laughs> episode. Yeah. but I wonder if you could pick 10 of them. And make like a solid season, just like we yes. could with Strange New Worlds. And I, it's just the way like factory TV was pushed out at those times. Mm-hmm. That's just how. Oh it, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw, I saw all that stuff. You know, when it came out. You know, yeah. I was oh, sitting yeah. watching it come out. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I just wonder, like, I, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to have to produce twenty four episodes or twenty six oh, yeah. episodes of a show in a season. Now, I'm, I'm really glad that if there's one thing that this streaming format has brought to us is. You have showrunners that say this is going to be six episodes and that's it, or it's going to be we want, right, and we're going to do high quality in yeah. those. Um, 
you know, I, I get exactly where you're coming from on that, Matthew. And to that, I'm going to say there are some season one of Picard. Now, there are some episodes that I loved from season one. But then there are some that I, yeah. I could totally do without. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what. Uh, Discovery got this whole thing rolling and I am an unabashed Discovery fan but I really was not impressed with the first two episodes of Discovery it was it was mm -hmm. a good prologue to the series right but I'm like you that why at the end of this episode is this person who is supposed to be our hero getting dragged away in handcuffs right is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's a woman of color? Yeah. You know, what's the what's the point of all of this? That that's that's the question. What was the point of that? I mean, even today, what and Discovery's gonna go in the fifth season, which I cannot mm -hmm. believe. I still go, well, what was the point of that? How does how does it affect her character now? Right. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't at all. So if if there was a good reason for it, I guess I could be okay with it, like I'm hoping for with lower decks. I'm hoping that mm -hmm. I'm trusting Mike McMahon to really bring the power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, there better be something good for putting Dawn Lewis in handcuffs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you got Jaleesa in handcuffs, Mike. It better be good. <laughs> <laughs> it better be good. You know, the minute I saw this, we'll, we're hauling Una off. At, that really was like, you know what? Really? Come on. Is this a, this is a trope now? Come on. I think what I am going to say in honor of the Sci-Fi Sisters' latest guest, <laughs> I'm going to give an award to Erica Ortegas, Melissa, Melissa Navia. Hers was the role that there was no backstory at all for coming into this. Everyone else seemed to have some kind of anchor within the series, and she was able to start from the beginning, and she did great. I love it. She's... Her and Laan, I think, are my two favorite characters from from this first season. She gets the award because Laan had the con backstory. <laughs> he talks about it in our interview. He talks about that very thing. Kind of riffing off of this, but my version of this will be most looking forward to second season in a long time to Star Trek award. That's what <laughs> I'm going to go. do. There you because go. Because Yvette and I have talked about this already, but I haven't. I still haven't even watched a single episode of season two of Picard yet. But I, I am really looking forward to season two of Strange New Worlds. I feel like they're going to honor the direction that they've taken it in. I do want to see Una come back. I hope that's not a thing that that like she just stays in jail for the rest of her time. And that's how we get rid of that character so that Spock can take over for first officer. And it's it's been a long time since I've been look, this this much looking forward to a new season of, of Star Trek. Although I do really love Lower Decks. I'm looking forward to the next season of that too. I love that show. <laughs> well, thank you all. And uh, Mike, glad you're back. And also, Mike, thanks for making this yeah. happen to begin with. Thanks, Mike. Um, and thank thanks you. for thinking of me. I mean, this was great. I appreciate it because, you know, I wasn't really interested in doing another. I wasn't even interested with my podcast. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so when, but when you've been there, <laughs> but when you, you brought this to me, I was like, really? I was like, yeah, I think I want to do this. I really, I'm, I was just so excited about about this coming on I and I, I like I said, I'm, I was not disappointed at all I like it that there were some episodes that I didn't really like I mean I like that I mm -hmm. shouldn't like them all you, you should be able to pick I'm a Star yeah. Trek fan I want to nitpick 
you know, at something, <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah, but thank you. I appreciate you thinking about me for this. Well, I am on board with both of you for season two. As I said at the outset, this is my new series. So until they prove me wrong, uh, I am on board with, with this one. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Well, that wraps us for Discovering Trek Strange New World Season 1. On behalf of Yvette, Mike, our guest hosts, and myself, thank you for joining us on this journey where no one has gone before in these new stories of the Enterprise and its crew. You can always find more of Yvette on the Sci-Fi Sisters and more of myself on With the First Link, both shows hosted here on the Trek Geeks Network. More Trek to come, though, with Strange New World Season 2, and at time of recording this, Lower Deck Season 3 air date has been announced for August 25th. So exciting. So live long and prosper, and we'll see you out there among the stars. Trek geeks, nobody talks Trek like we do.